The scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 10th chapter, and it begins with the 40th verse. Jesus said this, whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. There ends the reading. Miss Jennifer, can I have a cool glass of ice water? Jennifer and I talk about this all the time. It was back just after we were married and Jennifer had a job taking care of three young children. And they loved coming to our house because we had ice cube trays and they didn't. And so it was such a cool thing for this little boy to have a glass of water with ice in it. And that was how we always said it. Can I have a cool glass of ice water? Was so sweet. And we talk about that all the time. And half the time when we ask for ice water, that's how we ask for it. And I've just thought about the the gift of water as I've read through this scripture this week. But first, I want to back up just for a minute. This scripture is still part of the missionary discourse. So what that means is that Jesus is sending out the 12 sending them out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. At this point, he hasn't extended the mission yet. Jesus' mission, of course, becomes to everyone later on as you watch the scripture and that development. And the disciples also, as they, when they get sent out after Jesus' resurrection, when he sends them out then, of course, he says to go to all nations to the ends of the earth. But here, he's sending them out just to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And And he's sending them in a very particular way. They're not to take really anything with them or anything extra with them. They're to rely on the hospitality of others. And so what's interesting about this particular passage is that he's talking to the disciples to say, you are going to be the ones who are going to be welcomed. Oftentimes we read this passage and we're thinking about, well, it's us who are doing the welcoming. Well, Here, he's talking about the disciples receiving welcome and how that functions. But it's really, it's interesting because in that time, in ancient times, when you welcomed an individual, you really were welcoming the whole community that they came from. So if you, let's just say you get to know somebody and you welcome their child into your home, in a sense, you're welcoming the whole family. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. So do you get it now? Like if when, when, these, when these folks would welcome the disciples in and give them hospitality, not only were they welcoming the disciples, they were welcoming Jesus and, by extension, of course, welcoming the Trinity. This next one's interesting too, though. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Well, biblical scholars, uh, what has been a prophet's reward most of the time? Death. Yep, ostracization. They get kicked out. They're looked at as a pariah because they often call out the sins of the community and say, hey, we're not getting it right. So that one's an interesting one. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe, maybe Jesus is talking about the prophet's reward after death or something, being welcomed into God's realm. 
I don't know, that's, that's an interesting one. Whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever even gives a cup of cold water to these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of them will lose the reward. It's, just, it's an interesting passage. And where it led me, even, even with that caveat, this is really about the disciples being welcomed, what it led me to begin to consider was in the scriptures... What about hospitality? What about welcoming? What about this thought of a cup of cold water? And so I began to go back in the scripture and look at where hospitality was found. And here are just a few places. In Genesis 18, Abraham and Sarah are, you know, vagabonding basically, trying to live into this promise that God has given them. And so three visitors come to them. And if you know this story, the three visitors come and we as we read into that story, we, we begin to think that it's really a symbol of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three visitors come and immediately, I mean, Abraham sees them far off and he runs out to welcome them and brings them into his encampment. And he says, you know, can we please, can we get you drinks? Can we, what can we do? And he, and he tells his servants to go, you know, get a fattened calf and to prepare the calf and, and all this sort of thing. I mean, he really seems like he goes over the top to welcome these visitors and these visitors that's when they one of the times when they find out these visitors say when we return around this time next year Sarah will have had a child and of course Sarah laughs and there's there's this whole series of things that happen but there's this notion of hospitality these visitors come and they are given hospitality In the book of Leviticus, which many of us don't think of as very much fun to read or of interest, it's fascinating how many times this kind of phrasing comes up. When a foreigner resides among you, do not treat them poorly. They must be treated as native-born. Love them as yourself, or sometimes that will get translated and also love your neighbor as yourself. For you were foreigners in Egypt. Of course, in the Old Testament, a lot of times we go back to that. You were foreigners in Egypt, so, you know, act nicely. (laughs) Be good people. Don't forget how you were treated as foreigners. Don't forget how you were treated as slaves. Treat people as people. In Romans, Paul writes, he just says to them, practice hospitality. Meaning, be hospitable to people. And in some of the other letters, he's saying, you know, those of you who are more wealthy are able to come to the feast early, to the love feast early, and you're eating up all the food, and then the the people who don't have as much have to work later come, and there's nothing for them. Practice hospitality. In Luke, I love this. Oh, hang on. And then in Hebrews, very famous passage, right? Show hospitality to strangers. Because by doing so, some have entertained angels. Very good, biblical scholars. Some have entertained angels. In the Gospel of Luke, as two disciples are walking to Emmaus, they're joined by a stranger. And as they get close to their home, they're hospitable and they say, please come stay with us. Please come stay with us. Well, who's the stranger? It was Jesus. Over and over and over again in the scriptures, 
There are these stories of hospitality and these directions to be hospitable, especially to the stranger and the alien, you know, the widow and the orphan, to those who are among you that aren't like you. It's really fascinating how strong of a word there is on this for us, for the people then, but for us as well. And what's so fascinating is I think we think that in being hospitable, that we're the ones who are doing the blessing. You know, because we're preparing a nice lasagna or we're, you know, we're making sure the coffee's hot or, you know, we're making sure that we're, we've prepared a special dish that doesn't have nuts in it because somebody's got a nut allergy and, and that we're the ones doing the blessing. A lot of these cases, the ones who look like they're being blessed end up being the ones who give a tremendous blessing back to those who are hospitable. And the people who are being hospitable are not doing it for that purpose. They're not seeking to get. It's not a quid pro quo kind of thing. But it's just fascinating to me that those who look like they're powerless, those who look like they are needy, as we are hospitable and we provide welcome and we treat people with dignity, well, it really ends up that all of us are blessed. That all of us are blessed. And then we probably get to the scripture that speaks to this kind of hospitality and the hiddenness of blessing to the most. And it's Matthew chapter 25. This is the sheep and the goats passage. And Jesus comes and he's standing before these people and he basically says, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat, thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I didn't have clothing and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. And of course, many of the people say, well, when did we do that? We never saw you, Lord. And he says, when you did it to the least of these, these little ones, you've done it to me. In our denomination, the Presbyterian Church USA, this past year, there's been a huge movement around a Matthew 25 initiative that we would be a culture and a church, a denomination of Matthew 25, that we would seek to follow Jesus' instruction, or at least hear what he's saying here to begin to think about these ministries of grace and hospitality. And I believe, like many things in life, in order for us to give welcome, we need to receive it. Meaning, we need to open our hearts and minds to the gift of grace that we find in Jesus the Christ. That we did not earn that. We don't continue to receive that gift of grace because we're good people or do good things. But that it is because of that grace that it fills us and our cup of water to overflowing that we can then bless others with it. And we're not worried about that fountain running out. We're not worried that somehow by giving of ourselves, we're diminishing ourselves in some way. Remember that sort of thing of the blessing that returns. Again, not that we're doing it for that, but as we give of ourselves, we become even more so blessed by this gift of grace because we begin to see it more and more. It's not a quid pro quo. God gives us these things, gives us this grace, gives us resources, gives us opportunities, gives us challenges. 
And as we seek to welcome the stranger and the alien and the poor and the hurting among us, we all become blessed. The other day I was in the recovery center and we have folks now meeting again in our recovery center and, and in the morning we do a thing that's called feelings and focus. And it's pretty simple. You say your name and, and generally you say what your addiction is and then you talk about how you're feeling that day just to try to really get people to understand and to name their feelings because most of us aren't very good about that. And then what's your focus for the day? And this one woman was there and and she said, you know, today's my birthday and I'm grateful, I'm thankful, I'm joyful because this is the first birthday in a long time where I'm not either incarcerated or high or maybe both. It's my first birthday in a long time. And I just was humbled by that but also blessed by it because I thought, you know, that's why we do this. That's why we provide this space. That's, that's why we have this ministry is because she's being provided a welcome here, a good place, a safe place, a place that, that's helping her to have more birthdays like that. I was blessed by that. Because we have taken the chance, the opportunity to provide that welcome for others who maybe we wouldn't even run into on a regular basis. People that maybe feel like strangers or aliens to us, but are beloved children of God who deserve dignity and welcome in God's name. And so I, I know and as I've talked with many of you and talked with many other people, I know that this time of pandemic and this time of social unrest, especially in our region as we see it day after day after day after day, things happening, that all of us are, are feeling things that we haven't felt for a long time, anger, frustration, fear, maybe even shame and guilt. And so I encourage you to be welcoming to those feelings. Know that in Christ, you are held together no matter how you're feeling. And also not to let those feelings keep you from extending welcome and continuing to be hospitable as you are able to. And that is what we seek to do as a church family as we reach out with Christ in this ever-changing world, we reach out with Christ's welcome, Christ's hospitality, Christ's love, and Christ's grace. May you be blessed in hearing this word from God. Amen.